Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Estate Rundown. Today, I've got the pleasure of interviewing a person who's got a little bit different twist on things. She doesn't think short-term. She doesn't think long-term. She's right there in the midterm. And with that, Ziona McIntyre is going to help us understand what is special about midterm rentals and how that can make you financially independent. Welcome to the show, Ziona. How are you? I'm great. That was a great intro. I like it. It's like the it's little, the like three little bears. Times, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about midterm rentals, right? We we always hear, we've heard so much in the last little bit about short-term rental, short-term rental. I mean, I just like, yeah. right? We're done with that. Not everybody in the world can do short-term rental. And a lot of people will tell you that short-term rental is awesome. But in my experience, and this is only my experience, you're just buying another job because now you're the one that takes care of making sure there's enough soap and there's enough dishwasher fluid and, and that, you know, everything is perfect because they're considering it to be more of a hotel stay than they are a, you know, long-term rental where they're responsible for their own dryer sheets. Right. What is the midterm rental and what does that have that, that makes it better than long-term and not as much work as short-term I'm guessing. Yeah. So better than long-term because right now uh, prices are still high, but interest rates have climbed so much that it's really hard to cash flow on long-term. Now there might be some kind of corner cases in the U.S., little uh, out of the way places where you can, but most places you can't. And so this midterm space lets you still cash flow. So that's one of the things we love about it. Then the on the other side, that short-term rental, like you're saying, it's just gotten very competitive, right? So there's a lot of designers and boutique hotels and real professionals in the space, and you are expected to keep a certain caliber, which is hard to do when it's a home where somebody lives in. Right. So short-term rentals are a lot more work, and the midterm thing is still, you could say it's kind of hospitality. It's less so that people are less demanding and- uh, they're more living there um, mm -hmm. than vacationing, but I find it a lot easier. So when you talk about midterm rentals, what kind of time frame are we talking about? Yeah, so anything above 30 days is technically midterm, but it's normally 90 days. And the reason for that is because traveling nurses do 13-week contracts, and they are a big uh -huh. bulk of the tenants. Okay. So so I... So now I'm dialed in because I love the three to six month type of a stay. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my background, as most of you know, is, is uh, you know, building large scale multifamily. And one of the things that we always find with multifamily is when you turn over a building, you've got 24 units that you're tenantizing all at once, right? Mm -hmm. And typically the way the market's been for the last five years, the minute you open the doors, you have 24 new tenants that move in, which means that you have 24 tenants that are going to renew next November, right? 
Yeah. What we've done is we've done a lot of this with the midterm rental by offering a three to six month rental term to break up some of that. But we've also gotten a premium for that because there are people that only want to be somewhere for 90, 120, 260 days, things like that. They're not there a full year. How did you kind of stumble on this magic formula that kind of took you out of short term and the demand to be, you know, the hospitality professional and and yet still achieve better than better than long-term cash flow? Yeah, it came out of necessity after COVID for me. It's there was a period in early March 2020 where all of my reservations just evaporated off the calendar. So I had a bunch of short-term rentals and it was like two months of bookings gone in a, in a day. And so I knew I needed to pivot and find a way to get these places rented. And shortly thereafter, I was seeing longer stays come in. Some were just like two weeks or so, but people were trying to find a bigger house that they could work from home where they could school their kids from home. Um, emergency workers, nurses, a lot of people coming in to different areas. And yeah, I just started to see, wow, you can still do automations out of state um, with the, the midterm where it's a little bit longer um, and still make a really good return. And there's a lot of demand in that space. So I pivoted and I really like it. I think it's a little bit easier. So when you talk about a little bit easier, what is it about that? I mean, when when I'm when I'm renting something for ninety days, you've got the trial size of the you know the shampoo and the conditioner and the the you know basic needs for the kitchen, and and everything's there. But you're not you're not doing a lot of the other things. Or what is it? What is it you mean that makes it easier? Yeah, with a short term rental, the average day is about three or four nights. So somebody has to learn your whole house every three days, and so they're going to ask you the same annoying questions over and over again. When you've got these longer stays, they they might ask you a question that first three nights, but if you did your job well, they won't. And then you won't hear from them for three months, six months. Often they renew for another term and do six months. So it that seems better. They take better care of the house because they kind of have a pride of living there rather than just a vacationer who's just kind of like bawling out. Um, so you just don't have as many parties and those kind of headaches. And then as far as supplies goes, we give them a starter kit. You know, you, they might have one pod of, of the dishwasher and the laundry and stuff, but we don't feel like we have to give them everything for 90 days. And then they often leave stuff because they're kind of going to the next place. So you get a lot of free supplies out of it. Ah, you know, I never thought of that, but that does make a lot of sense because, you know, you're you're not, I mean, if they're a traveling nurse, uh, they're not going to take it to, with them to the next spot. They know that they're going to be there about four hours and they're going to hit Costco. They're going to load up and they're going to, you know, they're going to be good for the 90 days that they're there. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, that people look at a lot is, you know, how did you get started on in this whole rental space? Because, you know, it, it was it arbitrage. Did you own something? Because everybody's always trying to figure out, well, how do I get into the space to start with? And then, how do I protect my space once I've built something out from all the competition that we're now seeing in short-term rentals? Yeah. So I got started with arbitrage, but I started 10 years ago. And the reason I got started with arbitrage is I didn't have any money. I was 26 and I just heard about this Airbnb thing. And so I was trying it out on a place that I was renting already. I had a roommate leave and I just said, well, I'll just put up her room. Like I already had it furnished. It's not going to cost me anything. 
And so that was like a, a really easy entryway. But just like you said earlier, I don't want a job. And I feel like even though short-term rentals is more work than a long-term rental, I feel like arbitraging because you're building no equity, no appreciation gains. You're just essentially like a flipper or a wholesaler. You're in the churn mill and you have that active income. So I still feel like it's a little more passive when you're owning. Yeah, no. And, and I, I do agree with that because, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of how a lot of people start out their real estate journey, right. Is with arbitrage. And then they wind up buying the underlying properties. And then next thing you know, they've got, you know, eight or 10 or 15 or whatever their portfolio becomes. And that's, that's really where the wealth is made is in the ownership of the asset. And this allowing you to own that asset has uh, has great implications. And I think that a lot of times people miss that, right? They yeah. buy the cash flow, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's great while it lasts, but they don't really use that to take themselves to the financial independence level, which, you know, the financial independence level is where assets are paying for things that are paying for your future, right? You're, you're no longer trading your time for money. You've got other things that are trading their time, if you will, for the funds that fuel your life. But, yeah. you know, one of the things that that a lot of people uh, ask, and, and you mentioned it, um, that currently right now, buying a, a, a property and then trying to rent it out long term isn't really going to cash flow because of where interest rates have taken pricing. Yeah. Where do you see that going in the future? Do you see do you see rents continuing to trend upward? Do you see midterm rental or medium-term rentals becoming more popular because of this? What, what do you see happening? I mean, I definitely see medium-term getting more popular. So that's kind of just the new trend. You know, short-term rentals had their trend up, and I think they're going to plateau for a little while. And I, I think they'll continue to be profitable as an asset class, but this midterm space is really taking hold. So I think that's really important. Um, and we're in the really early days of that. So I think there's a lot of room to carve out your space if this is something that you're interested in. Long-term rentals, I think that rents always lag behind prices. And so we had a couple of years of huge price increases. And right. some people didn't want to leave their houses because they were like, well, you know, I've got this really cheap rent. I'm like, yeah, but your cheap rent is only going to last for, you know, maybe another half a year and then it's going to skyrocket. So it's it's a dangerous way to think that, oh, it's just going to keep being like it's always been. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's going to be catching up because people can't continue to buy homes where your negative cash flow, it just doesn't work forever. Right. Well, and those those that were fortunate enough to have purchased a home 12 months ago, locked in at you know, really excellent interest rates, yeah. uh, they're going to continue to be in a positive spot and they're going to be in that spot for a long time because if and when they go to sell that house, they're not going to be able to replace the payment in a similar product, right? I mean, yeah. I think that uh, I heard somebody state that, you know, if you're looking to go into mortgage brokerage, it's really a thin field because uh, I think something like 65% of available mortgages have been refinanced at less than three and a half percent, which means that they're not going to refinance those ever, right? So the medium term rental space can be an excellent avenue for someone that doesn't really want to deal with the short term space. 
uh, but can get into something more lucrative than just the long term, uh, you know, and, and and be able to make that profitability happen. You know, yeah. what do you mm-hmm. see as uh, your superpower that has made it something that has allowed you to excel so quickly in in that midterm uh, medium term space? I think it's just taking action. I'm one of those people that I see a problem and I fix it. I'm just going for it. So I think a lot of time, a lot of people at that COVID moment, they just shut down their Airbnbs. They said, oh, well, everything canceled. And now I don't feel safe and I'm not going to figure out the new COVID level of cleaning and blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to shut it down. And I think the real investor is the type of person that thinks creatively and goes, okay, this doesn't work anymore. What can I do different? How can I shift it around and find another way to keep working? So I think I'm just someone who sees things coming down the pipe maybe a little bit earlier than others and makes moves to make it happen. So much so that you wrote a book about it, right? I did. Yeah. It's called 30 Day Stay, which, you know, 30 day minimum, right? Right. Um, and it is called the real estate investor's guide to mastering the medium term rental. We call it medium term, midterm, same, same. Yeah. Well, and, and what did you, you know, so I've, I've actually participated in some writing projects as well. And they're, they're a lot more thought provoking for authors than I had imagined they would be. Right. Yeah. What were some of the things that you saw in writing this book that you looked at and you went, you know what? I need to clarify my process a little bit better, or I need to, what was it that that the writing of the book helped in the perfection of your craft? Yeah, that's a great question. I wrote the book with another person, with Sarah Weaver. And I think even just seeing some of the ways she does things uh, really helped me because she's really particular about how she's picking an area market. And she does a lot of the things that people do as a long-term rental, um, purchaser. And I came from the space of short-term rental. So I'm looking more at demand as a short-term rental and not as much of, you know, as population growth and um, crime rate and just job trends and things like that. And so that really helped me kind of like have a more holistic view of like, okay, this is how I should maybe look at my properties. But I think I'm just someone who maybe to my detriment moves really quickly. So when I've got like a good idea about something, I'll do a lot of research, but then I'll take action. And sometimes maybe that's a little too fast. So this helped me kind of slow down a little bit and consider more angles. Yeah, I, I can I can identify with you. In fact, sometimes I take action and then I do the research, right? Um, but <laughs> but, uh, Same here. <laughs> but you know, the, the reality is, I think that some of us, uh, myself particularly, uh, learn better from the the beatings than the readings, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm bumping my head against the wall, figuring it out and doing these kinds of things. Uh, you know, I, I know that our first uh, short-term rental, um, and and when you say you've been doing this for 10 years, did you really start on Airbnb or did you start on VRBO? <laughs> I started with Airbnb, but did okay. go to VRBO shortly okay. thereafter. But yes, they were the first. See, I did. I started come with... back around. They still yeah. suck. <laughs> I know. And it's funny, you know, I get it that you were the first, but you don't have to stay there, right? Uh, you can yeah. upgrade your technology. You can make things happen. But I remember when, when I did my first one, it was actually on VRBO. And I learned very quickly that nobody cares what the plates look like. 
but as an owner, you need to care that they don't break. Right. Yeah. And different things like that, where, you know, the first thing you're thinking is I can't give you plastic plates. And then after about, you know, six months of being in the short term rental business, you realize I'm lucky. You're lucky if I give you plates at all, you Neanderthals, you know, because (laughs) because the short term rental people are not, you know, they're not the same as midterm rentals. Just like you said, they're not taking that pride of ownership. I broke a plate. They'll send me a bill. It's like a hotel. Right. It's a different thought process and a different party person. Uh, doing a lot of that. And so that was part of what really turned me off to that. Mm. Um, and then as I continued to 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 do it, I realized that I was spending the kind of time you talked about where I was stocking the soap and I was dealing with issues. And, you know, everything that you're saying resonates with me. And now I find myself, I guess I need to read the book because I've been doing midterm rentals for the last four years because I, I like that 90 day plus. Right. Yeah. But are you doing them unfurnished? Are no, you doing, I'm doing it furnished? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, then you should be writing the book, man. I, no, listen, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> listen, but, you know, and this is this is exactly why I do my podcast. Right. Because I yeah. get to I mean, you know, I get to talk with people and learn more about the things that I'm already trying to do or trying to understand. But, you know, have trouble with. And, and the reality is, you know, exactly right. The person that comes in on the longer term stuff isn't, isn't as expectant, um, yeah. you know, and, and so those are the kind of things. And I love the fact that while you did start out with the arbitrage uh, and did do kind of the house hacking paid half your, half your rent payment with it, you, you've really looked at and focused on the freedom that real estate provides you as an owner. What do yeah, you, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Nope. You first. I just think that there's like a horizon there's a timeline that you're an investor and it changes over time. I think people go into something going, oh, I'm going to be a short-term rental investor forever. And it's like, I've been doing this 10 years. So trends change, my goals change, how much work I want to do changes. And you have that luxury of when you're first starting out, if you need to like juice every dollar out of it, then yeah, maybe the short-term rental is worth the work. But as you go, getting into the midterm space allows you to be a little bit lazier but still maximize it. And then maybe one day we'll all just do long-term rentals and not care, right? right. And have a manager do it. So you kind of like know that there's movement in this space. Well, and the other reality is, you know, it's not that it's necessarily lazier, but if you're managing one property, you can give it six hours, uh, eight hours, 10 hours a week, right? If you're yeah. managing 10 properties, you've still only got 10 hours. So you've got to get into something that allows you to do that uh, with an hour a piece and still come out with the profitability. And then, yeah, then you've got enough of those that you get to a place where now you have a manager that whose salary comes out of, you know, the, the profits, the bottom line very first. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've always seen is that people that think like that are the ones that really wind up going somewhere. And there's a lot of people that wind up there, I don't want to call them fad chasers, but they're fad chasers, right? They're, they're doing short-term rental and now they're going to do Turo because that's new. And then they're going to, who knows what's coming next, but they're always constantly doing something and they're not figuring out that piece that you're very quick to identify. It's the ownership that leads to the wealth, right? It's the ownership of the underlying asset. So arbitrage, sure. Gets, it doesn't matter how you start, right? Yeah. Get started. Once you get there, and yes, if you got to do short term to get up the cash flow, totally get it. 
Now you've been able to quit your day job because you're able to offset that. Great. Now you're able to be full-time in this. Now you can look at other ways to do it, but really get to the underlying asset of being that asset owner that will give you the ability to be flexible. Because as you said, short-term was all the rage 36 months ago. COVID kind of slapped it upside its head, but then energized it. And so, you know, but now, now people are thinking, um, you know, I need to be more aware of lifestyles that are coming out of this. I think that COVID accelerated everybody's work from anywhere. It it did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got, you know, now that's becoming a very acceptable practice. And, you know, did, I I think we, we got digital nomad, you know, out of COVID. I mean, you know, uh, and, and those kinds of things where, we never would have maybe gone there without that shock to the system. But where is this going to take the rest of us in 90 days, 120, or sorry, nine months, 12 months, 16 months, where are we going to go next? And as the owner of the underlying asset, you still have something, right? Yeah. And, you know, we have a couple of long-term rentals, like my fiance and I, and even though it's so great to have a manager, it's like the one asset I don't deal with. It's so frustrating when turnover comes over because they, the managers move so slowly in that space. And, you know, maybe that means get a better manager, but generally it's like, well, we have to wait and see what the property looks like. Then we're going to get it cleaned up and they want to do paint and all kinds of stuff. Then we got to list it. Then we're going to see people only move in either mid month or the, the end of the month. So it's like all these things and you end up with two to four weeks of vacancy every time. Yep. So if you have a tenant moving every year, you're not making money, basically. Right. So that's that's just kind of shitty. But when you've got a medium term rental or you know a short term, you can have them move same day. Like right. I got people coming in at three o'clock and the other guy left it at 11, you yep. know, and it's like we don't have to worry about the walls getting damaged because people are not moving stuff. They're not hanging stuff. We don't generally have carpet, so we don't really deal with that. But there's just barely any turnover involved except a deep clean. Well, and the other side, too, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're only there for 90 days, isn't your attitude maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe you need to come touch up this or you need to come touch up that, uh, you know, this, maybe the carpet did need to get cleaned, but you got me in same day. And I know I'm only here for a couple months and, you know, it's you're you're also in your property more frequently, right? I mean, you're viewing yeah. every every 90 days, every 30 to 90 days. So you see what's happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple other interesting facts here about you that I have. Uh, okay. Kind of talk about, <laughs> because you're, I mean, you're not just serious about doing things differently in how you do your short-term, medium-term, long-term rentals. You also spend half the year traveling the world, but not as a normal traveler. <laughs> tell me, tell me about this. Yeah. So one of our ways of house hacking, which I think is the quickest way to wealth, is find a way to house hack, whether that's short, medium, whatever you got to do, house hack. Our way is to get out of our house so we can rent it out. And so the easiest way to do that is that we found a, a pet sitting app. And so with the app, people post their home and their pets and you can see all the pictures and you can basically just say, oh, cool, I want to stay there. And then you reach out to them. And with that membership for the year, you get a free trade, essentially. And for us, the way that it's a benefit is that our house that we normally live in, 
six months of the year, we can rent out for 250, 300 a night as a short-term rental and go pet sit for free. So we are currently in Estes Park and we're in a luxury home kind of on the top of the mountain overlooking a gorgeous valley with two dogs. And we've stayed at this particular house seven times, I think. Uh, we just keep coming back. So I'm going to pay you to watch, to stay in my house, and then you're going to rent your house. So you're getting paid twice. Is that really what it boils well, down? Well, no. So normally people pay a pet sitter, but with this app, people pay for the membership of the app and it's a free exchange. I see. And so normally someone would have to board their dogs, which might right. be, you know, 500 a week or something. I don't know. Um, and then it's just traumatizing for the animals. So they'd rather just have them in their home. And this home, if it was rented on Airbnb, I imagine it would be a thousand, fifteen hundred a night, something. But we just get to go stay there free. And on top of it, because it's Thanksgiving week as we record this, people are paying, yeah, like three hundred a night for our house. Right. So right. it's pretty awesome. So, so the 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 thing that that lets you do is you just have to get there, and you have free accommodations for the time that I'm wanting the pet set done. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I've got, I've, I've got a brother-in-law that needs this, uh, in February in Florida. So I will definitely, uh, let you know, uh, he's right there in Daytona, but, but, you know, yeah. I mean, this is, and this is the funny thing, right. And, and, and I'm sure that you consider this as you work in an industry, uh, that didn't really even exist 10 years ago. Right. I mean, the, the medium short-term rental, that space wasn't, it wasn't there. That would be yeah. that would be impossible to do without an app, right? And they've not been around that long. So now you've yeah. got the Betsit app. And now you look at where you're going to be in terms of all of this stuff in another 10 years. But on top of that, you've gone, I mean, you've just gone down the street in Colorado, but you've yes. been over, am I, am I understanding this correctly, over 47 countries as an international pet sitter? I've been to over 48 countries. I haven't pet sat in all of them, but the frequent places that we've pet sat, I go to Mexico, Hawaii a lot. Um, I've done it in St. Thomas, all over the US. Um, we did a lot in Colorado during COVID. And what we figured out that we love in Colorado is that we get like a snowboard pass and that pass lets us go to all these different mountains, mm -hmm. but normally people drive. So they're driving, you know, two hours coming home the same day, sitting in traffic. It's a whole a mess, but for us, we'll just go stay in all these places on the pass for two weeks and we'll yeah. just go stay locally. And then we can do a half day and go work on that same day. So it works out really well for us. We love it. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's great. And that, that, that comes from the financial freedom that you've created. Yeah. With the other things. And I'm sure that what you're doing with this would be much more difficult if you were in the short-term space, because you'd need to be closer to your assets and the things that you're doing for your short-term turnover. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I was doing this stuff when I had mostly short-term rentals. I you had great systems. Yeah, I had really good systems and I've always been really into automation and very quickly, I mean, I bought my first place in Colorado, but after that, I couldn't really afford Colorado. Yeah. So I was out of state and out of state, you just got to figure it out because you're right. not going to go there. Right, right. Well, this has been a very insightful interview. And once again, I have figured out that I've been doing something with a name 
and just calling it what I do, right? Yeah, um, awesome. But so how can we get people in touch with your book? How can they get your book? Yeah, so um, it was published through Bigger Pockets. So biggerpockets.com slash 30 day stay. And if you use my name, Ziana, you get 10% off. So just look for the spelling in the show notes. <laughs> yep, it's all there. So guys, we want to thank you for tuning in to our episode today on midterm rentals and want to say thank you to Ziana for showing up. Appreciate you and all your insight. Uh, and thanks again, guys, for tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. I read all of them. I love to give the feedback. And if you want to chat with me, get on my calendar, go to connect at shannonrobnet.com. Send me an email right there and we will definitely get back with you. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in the Real Estate Rundown. And thanks again, Ziana. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnet.com. And be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode. Amen.